0: All right, good morning, North Point. How are we today? All right, all right. Hey, uh, as Rick mentioned, we are still continuing on with our Ask Alexa series this summer, just to kind of recap how we got here. Um, In the spring, we sent out a survey on our uh, Get to the Point emails and on the app, asking you guys, hey, what's important to you? What do you want to know about? Send it our way. And so we collected all of those answers and created this series just to kind of answer those questions, because we recognize that who you ask shapes The answers. And so for us, we wanted to dive in and say, man, what does the Bible have to say about these topics? What does the Bible say about these things that matter to us? And so we've covered a bunch of different things, uh, everything from holiness and eternity to relationships, marriage, parenting. And then last week, as Rick mentioned, he talked about tithing. So I would highly encourage you, if you've missed any of these, be sure to uh, check them out on the North Point app or uh, on our website or things like that. There is some great, great things that you can... uh, can take home from these kinds of stuff. So today we're going to keep moving forward, and we're going to talk about entertainment. We're going to talk about entertainment this morning, and so we're going to continue doing what we've done most of this series and uh, look for some sage wisdom from the internet via Alexa this morning. So, uh, Alexa, let's talk about entertainment. All right. Alexa, uh, do, you, do you know anything about entertainment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Alexa, then help me out here. What is the big thing that people are doing for entertainment now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. All right. So we understand that one. We like Netflix. So people are probably spending time like finding out all the new shows and new things that are coming out on Netflix right then. Right okay not quite so much not so much we're just watching the office for the 50th time but i guess that's okay uh take away from tv for a second alexa what what else are people doing for entertainment then Yeah, I'm not sure if it's Angry Birds, but I guess most people have some sort of games they're playing on their phone and things like that. Uh, what if we step away from from the screens here? What do people What do people this summer love to do for entertainment? Yeah, we're all heading up north for a season. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. That seems about right. So then, uh, as we're moving into another season, what's the next big entertainment thing on the horizon? There we go. All right. All right. Football season is here. Football season is right around the corner. Uh, Alexa, let me ask you then, is, is there such a thing as bad or too much entertainment? All right. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, laughing at the answer or if you think SpongeBob is terrible, but I'll take either one. Uh, thanks for your help this morning, Alexa you welcome. All right. All right. The reality is, guys, we are covered in entertainment, right? Every single day, there is something that we can do or some place we go that entertains us. In fact, uh, I would argue even... In- What your kids may disagree, but it is impossible for us to not be entertained today, right? There are things uh, like Netflix or Hulu or Prime Video that we can watch anything that we want. We can play games on our phones or we have a gaming system at home. Or uh, if you uh, are like our family, maybe you like to do things the old school way and you've got board games, right? Like there is nothing better to do for family time than bust out Monopoly and get into a giant argument with one another right? Like that is just classic family time. And it seems like every week there's a new movie or or music or sporting event that's come out. And even if we want to go outside of our house, we can check out art shows or festivals or some sort of show that's going on, right? Like entertainment is everywhere. Uh, Earlier this year, the USA Today uh, ran a poll to see how are Americans spending their money and so they charted all of this out for us and they found out these things. We found out that just over two thousand dollars every year we give to charity. That just over thirteen hundred dollars we spend on some form of education. Uh, around eighteen hundred we spend on apparel, clothing, and services like that. Uh, this one was huge for me. Uh, we spend over three thousand dollars eating out every year. Uh, I'm probably like double that to be honest. Uh, but this one is what we're talking about today. We spend just under three grand on entertainment. Just under three grand. So you may be reading those and going like, oh, I'm about there. Or, no, I need to do more. Or, and I'm not quite that bad on it or this or that. But the, really the point isn't to make you feel guilty about these things. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about how you spend on entertainment. But just to realize that entertainment has influence in our lives. Just like education and just like giving to charity, man, we prioritize Entertainment. We care. We make entertainment a part of our life. And I would even tell you guys, man, entertainment is not bad. It's not bad to want to be entertained. It's not bad to necessarily invest in these kinds of things. In fact, I would even argue the fact that God is the creator of entertainment. That God is the creator of entertainment. That if we read in Genesis, in the first six days of creation, God created everything. And he looked out and he saw that it was good He saw things like music and beauty and wisdom and laughter and things that make us go in awe. And he said, man, these are good. That God created entertainment and entertainment can be good because it's a part of God's creation. I would say it's okay and even recommended to enjoy this creation. Be entertained by it. Let it move you. Enjoy it. That's okay. God created these things. And I'd say we even have an example in Jesus that Jesus was entertained. In fact, if we were uh, to read in the gospel, we see that his first miracle was at a wedding. And if you've been to weddings like I've been to man weddings can be entertaining right like you show up you look nice you see uh, some poor dad like crying as he brings his daughter down to get married right and they they talk back and forth and sometimes it's funny sometimes it's really long right but then after that there's this really fun party right at a wedding wedding reception we go and there's there's good food and music and speeches and dancing and even in Jesus' day there was alcohol and We'll let Rick talk about that another week, right? right? But we know that even weddings were entertaining at times, right? And uh, we also see that Jesus spent some time gathered together at what was called the temple court. The temple court that he brought the disciples to this area. And this was an area of great talk. And debate that would happen at the time, uh, so they would talk about things like politics or or the social trends that were going on or religion or i don 't know maybe even sports i 'm not sure everything they talked about, but they would talk at the temple court, and Jesus would come and be a part of this, and people would come watch to be entertained by the debate and the conversations that were occurring. It was kind of like if, if social media and your coffee shop and your church and town hall all like meshed into one, man, that was like the temple court. And so we see that even Jesus was entertained, but we also recognize that not all entertainment is beneficial. Not all entertainment is beneficial. If we jump to uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. It says, finally, brothers... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. See, I believe entertainment is so attractive to us because it helps us to live vicariously through other people. All right, so, we may be watching a show and, and we think about that rom com. Man, what would I do if I was in her shoes? Like, if I were Jennifer Lopez, this is what I would do, right? Or, or we're watching a football game and we're yelling at the screen because, man, that's not what the coach should call. Or we're watching our favorite movie and, and we feel like John Rambo, right? Like, we, we get to live in these moments. Like, we get to get away from the mundane of our life. Or things could be tough at work or home, but man, for just a couple of hours doing my hobby or, or being in that, man, I get to be somebody else. I get to be different. And I think this is something that is a part of us ever since we were like little kids, little versions of ourselves. There's a story that goes around uh, in my family, kind of an embarrassing one, but I've embraced it, so I'll go ahead and share it with you guys. Uh, But we took this family vacation when I was like five or six years old down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And if you've ever been to Gatlinburg, uh, there's a part of it that's kind of commercialized with things to do, some entertainment there, but then it's located in the Smoky Mountains. And the Smoky Mountains are... Beautiful. One of my favorite places to go is to wake up early in the morning on a cabin up high in the Smoky Mountains, and you see the fog and everything begin to go away with a nice cup of coffee. It's so wonderful and relaxing. Well, this particular year, we decided to go in the middle of winter. It was like a New Year celebration or something like that, and so we had done Gatlinburg and all the entertainment there. We were entertained by the beauty of the mountains and, and soaking all that in. And then what happened is one night, there was a snowstorm. And we had four foot of snow. Yeah. Now, if you're like from the UP or up north, you're like, Pfft, that was Tuesday, okay? Like, that's nothing for you hardcore people, right? But in, in the Smoky Mountains, like, four foot of snow is a big deal. Like, it shut down the town. We were in a cabin up on top of one of these mountains, and we had to climb out of our front door and try and hike miles down this mountain to go get supplies, and then miles back up the mountain. And as we were trapped for like five days or a week, and we're, we're in this horrible setting to where our water water even went bad and we had to like conserve some snow to make water to use the bathroom and we had a schedule and it's getting weird right and it's uncomfortable and everybody is beginning to take this wonderful entertaining trip and it's becoming dreary for everybody except 5-year-old Jake okay 5-year-old Jake decided that for those 5 days he was going to live vicariously as Batman, all right? So I have my Batman mask and cape and underwear on, and I'm running around the entire house fighting the Joker, okay? And there are pictures that you guys will never see of this incident, right? But we understand what it's like to live vicariously through somebody else. We can just remove from these terrible situations or how we're feeling in life and just be Batman for a little bit. We can be different. We can live through these things, and we still play pretend as adults this way. We still want to be somebody else for a little bit of time. When we watch TV, especially reality TV, we begin to ask the questions, man, how, how would I act in that situation? What would I do? How would, how would I handle that? Or sometimes we sit in front of a computer and we get online and, and, and we get in front of that screen and we begin to type and say and do things man, that we would never do face-to-face with somebody else. We have this whole other personality that seems to come out of us. And I think the reason that this happens is because we begin to believe the lie that experience through entertainment has no effect on us. And it's just not true. In fact, I would argue the opposite is true. I would argue this, that what you consume consumes you. What you consume consumes consumes you the things that you take in are the things that begin to overtake who you are and we cover this all the time in in student ministry we have this conversation and they've heard me use this phrase a hundred times i'll say hey what you consume and they're like consumes you right like they're tired of hearing it too right like we talk about this all the time and i think it's important no matter what your age is we also do this other uh, fun thing in student ministry where uh, we use an icebreaker and we ask the question if you were trapped on an island For an entire year and could only eat one thing, what would you eat? Yeah, see, the right answer, though, (laughs) is French fries, okay? (laughs) The right answer is French fries. There's not a better food on the entire planet than French fries. I could eat French fries for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and that weird late-night snack we all do, like, all the time, right? But here's the reality. I've learned that if I eat French fries all the time, eventually, by consuming those, I'm going to be consumed to look like a potato, Right? And my wife is like, have a carrot, please. Okay? You need, let's change this. Okay? So like, the things that we consume consume us. And it's not just with food, but it's anything that we begin to take in. Now, if you're visiting today and you're like, I have pictured this guy as Batman and a potato. Welcome to North Point. We're glad you're here. Okay? So, (laughs) the reality is the things that we consume and take in begin in turn to consume us. And we begin to think as we get older, man, I can handle that. Right? You've heard your teenager say that. I can handle that. The truth is, guys, let's be honest. We can't. It doesn't matter how old we are. The more we begin to take these things in, the more that they're going to begin to take on us in return. And I believe we can see uh, some advice here uh, in Scripture as we jump over to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where they give us some instruction here. It says this: it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, the truth is our mind is incredibly swayed by what it's exposed to time and time and time Again, and so the advice that it gives us, it says, hey, do not be conformed. And what it means by conformed is this idea of assuming an outward expression that doesn't really affect what's going on on the inside. So think of it as a masquerade or putting up an act or putting up a front you know, we're seeing what else is going on, and so we begin to put that on. Even though something's different on the inside, we may know something on the inside that's different, Christ living within us, but we still put up this idea or this front, and it gives us this connotation of trying to fit in, of trying to be like everything else or everyone else that is around this. And we do this in entertainment because, man, we just want to know a lot of times, man, what's popular? What are we talking about at work or at the office? Like, what is it that's going on? Because we want to jump in and be, be a part of those conversations. And so we ask the questions, man, how can I, how can I begin to fit in with everyone else? And so we watch or do things because it's what everybody else is doing, not necessarily because it matters to us or speaks to us, but, but because then we can kind of fit in with everything else that's going on. Now, look, it's not bad to like things that are popular, whether it's, it's watching football or music or a TV show or, or traveling or whatever it is. Like, it's not bad to enjoy those things. It's not even bad to necessarily want to check those things out because other people do. And if you want to have something to talk about and build relationships at work, man, try it out. Like, that's not a bad thing necessarily. But what is risky is to be so consumed with this need to fit in, to be a part of everybody else. And so it says, do not be conformed to this world. And a better translation of that, that phrase, this world, would be, uh, to think of the word as age. Do not be conformed to this age, or, or even better yet, as culture. Think of your culture. And it's not saying, hey, you know what, don't be in the know. It's not telling you to stop reading the news or, or to jump off Facebook or just kind of turn a blind eye to everything that's happening in the world. But rather it's saying, man, don't be so consumed by every story that you hear, or every culture shift that it changes, or idea, or show, or trend, that it begins to change your personality. That it begins to change your character like a breeze in the wind. But rather it's saying, man, don't be so consumed with everything else that's going on in this age or this culture around us, but instead be transformed. And this word transformed is a cool word. Because we get our root word that they use for transformed is another word that we use for the word metamorphosis. Now, when I say metamorphosis, we all went back to fifth grade science class and thought about what? Butterflies, right? We love little butterflies flying around, right? And we picture those gross little worms and they get like cocooned up like they're like sleeping in a hammock or something, right? And they, weird stuff happens, and then pop a few weeks later, butterflies, right? Like, we love that idea. So when it's talking about this idea of transformed, what it's saying is to be made into something new. Now, as Christ followers, we've heard this idea before, right? That when we've come to that point where we acknowledge Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life because he took our penalty and our place upon the cross and, and defeated death and raised again, like, we know that because of that, when we have him in our life, we become new, We become new creatures, and so it's saying, hey, don't be like the rest of the world. Don't be just absorbed into what's happening around you, but be transformed. Be made into something new, and you can do that by the renewal of your mind. And what it means by renewal of your mind is it means to change for the better how we understand, how we feel, how we judge and determine everything That goes on around us, that we begin to see the entire world, our entire culture, our entire age through different eyes. That it's not about fitting in, but whether it's about seeing things and understanding things differently. And this only begins to occur in us when the Holy Spirit is moving inside of you and begins to guide you. And we gain that from spending time studying the word of God from spending time talking to God in prayer, and from having relationships or people around us that are going to help move us and direct us to a life more fully devoted to Him. And when we do that, we begin to feel the Spirit of God moving inside of us. And then it says, And by testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect uh, the Greek word that they use here for testing, I'm going to try, try it out here. I'm not great at Greek, so it's uh, dokum, dokumazo, dokumazo, right? And what it means there is to literally find out the worth of something. So think about that as, as we're jumping into entertainment, man. How much, how much is what, I, what I'm doing, what I'm taking in, what I'm consuming, how much does it really matter, how much of this should I really consume or how much should I take in? And even better yet, how much should I allow this thing to consume or overtake me? That's my struggle when it comes to football season because I'm a passionate fan. I've got to be careful and know I can't let it overtake my life. No matter what happens, i got other things that are more important, other things to be a part of. And I believe Scripture kind of gives us this idea or an outline to say, hey, here's the standard. Here's the standard that you need to weigh all entertainment, all things in your life here against. And we've already covered it here, but it's in Philippians 4.8 again. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, if there is anything worth consuming, if there is anything worth taking in, think about these things. Weigh them against these things, that this is to be the measurement that we should find the worth of something. We need to look at everything we do and ask the question, man, is this true? Is this accurate or, or is this really deceptive? Is this noble? Is this, is this worthy of respect or is this something that's really abusive in nature? Is this just? Is this the right thing or is this something that would be wrong and unfair? Is this pure? Is this pure? Is it morally clean or is it corrupt? Is it loving? Is it pleasing and kind? Or is it something that's really hateful and cruel? Is it commendable? Is this something that should be highly thought of? Or is this something that we know to generally be wrong? That as we filter kind of through these ideas, we should be filling our minds with things that instead are going to move us to a place of worship of God and serving to others that the things that we do, the hobbies we have, the things that we're consuming or taking in, that when we do these things, we should be able to look at them and go, man, God is good. God is incredible. And I'm in awe of his creation. When I see this laughter, this beauty, I'm in awe of who God is. And man, I want to share that with somebody else. And so we take these good things that God created and we share it with other people so they can begin to worship as well. So the reality is, guys, there's not going to be a list that pops up on the screen that says here is good entertainment and here is bad entertainment. You should watch these shows, but not these shows. Listen to this, but not this. Go have a hobby like this, but not this. There's not a list because the reality is I can't give that to you. I can't give you a list or my list. It's not going to work that way. But I do know this. I know that if you are consuming your life, with the Word of God, and if you have great relationships with you that are going to direct you towards a life fully devoted to follow after Him, man, and the Spirit of God will consume you and is going to guide you in those times. And we know what that's like, right? Like, we've gone to a movie, or after 20 minutes of scrolling on Netflix, we've picked a show, and about five minutes in, we've gone glad the kids weren't around for that one, <laughs> right? Like we, we recognize, oh, this might not be good. And at the same time, we, we've, we've done something or been a part of something that we go, oh man, this is incredible. Man, this, this had me thinking, or, or man, I, this was so beautiful that we've, we've immediately said, man, I gotta share this. I gotta, I gotta give this to somebody else. Man, that's the spirit of God helping you discern, man, what is, what is good, what is right, what is holy, what is pure, and what needs to be away? What needs to be away from you? See, entertainment can be good or bad. The reality is when Jesus is our greatest desire, we are going to be drawn to things that are honoring to him, and we're going to be put off by things that don't represent him and his good creation. So and I would encourage you guys, enjoy the beauty Enjoy the art, the movies, the music, the sports, the shows, and anything else that God created. But allow it to be filtered in a way that will renew your mind from the patterns of everything going on in this world and instead into God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Because no matter what the truth is, what we consume Consumes us. Let's pray. God, we are in awe of you, Father. It is humbling to think, Father, that you made such a good creation so we could enjoy it for our entertainment and for your glory, God. And so, God, we are we are first of all thankful, Father, that you love us and care about us enough to create entertainment to create good things lord and god we just ask the father we would begin to filter out everything we see everything we take in in this world to meet your standard god is it truly good is it truly pure is it truly true father That what we consume and and begin to be consumed with, God, would move us to a place where we begin to be in awe and in worship of you, God, and that we want to bring other people along to be a part of that as well, Father. We just ask that your Spirit would move so deeply inside of us that it would renew our minds and hearts to be fixated on you. We thank you, Father, most of all for your Son, Jesus. And with all that we are, we worship you, adore you, and love you, and pray in Jesus' name.